Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. Lock the gate! <laughs> All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuckadelics? What the fucknicks? What's happening? It's me, Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. As you're hearing this, I'm home. As I'm recording it, I'm not. And there may have been even two days in between me saying what's coming out of my mouth and you hearing it. So I'm not going to pretend to know what's going to happen. I'm just going to, and I've got two guests on the show, so I might just uh, temper it a little bit because uh, who the hell knows? Everything could be on fire by the time this goes up. We can only hope not. Also, I would like you to, I hope you're all taking care of yourself. Would that, could you do that for me? Don't, you know, don't stress eat. Don't fear eat. Don't eat out of existential terror. Don't treat yourself shitty. Don't relapse on alcohol. Don't do more drugs. Stay focused. We got a long slog ahead of us and it'd be good to take care of yourself. Let's not assume that we're just going to throw it all in the garbage. Let's let's like I'm. I guess I'm I'm talking to myself out loud. I've I've had to make tremendous concessions in the meat department. I'm just trying to see if I can get my fucking cholesterol down. I'm in Kauai. It's my last uh, couple of days here. It's been amazing. Uh, I looked at Waimea Canyon. I'll, I'll tell you the kind of traveler I am. Uh, that's one of my favorite places to go on this island is to go up to Waimea. And um, did I tell you Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols is on the show? Did I mention that? I probably did not. Also, I got uh, Jed Mayhew from the Zigzags, who's a neighborhood kid, stopped by. He's got a new thing I'll tell you about in a second. So anyways, the drive from where we are to Waimea is no small trek. And the payoff is spectacular. It really, you know, I always save it for towards the end of the vacation because the the red dirt and the depth and the beauty and the green smatterings and the waterfall and the clouds and all of it going out to the ocean the entire expanse of it is spectacular and you drive right up to a lookout you don't have to get into a helicopter you don't have to do a major hike you just have to get out of your car and walk up there and it's the best it's one of the most beautiful things in the world so we got out and it was cloudy we had a little rain last night i'll be honest with you but we spent an hour and a half driving up there. And before we left, Sarah said, you know, it's probably going to be all cloudy up there. Probably not going to be able to see anything. I'm like, no, it won't. It's going to be fine. Shit just blows over. So we drive an hour and a half up there. I don't want to see my favorite thing. And uh, 
it was covered in clouds. You just went up to the lookout and you looked out and you just, it was like you were looking into a cloud, nothing. And it was drizzling out and a little chilly, had not brought the proper attire. And uh, I was quietly furious. I thought I was containing it and uh, because I was disappointed. So we got in the car and I said, uh, let's, let's hang out. Let's just wait it out. And we waited like 15 minutes, nothing. And then I got snotty and, you know, I said, uh, so I guess you were right. Are you trying to prove to me that you were right, that it was going to be cloudy? Like, I, like why do I got to be a dick sometimes? Why do vacations bring out the dick in us? I guess it's just a matter of time spent. I don't know. I don't know what, maybe, maybe I'm a dick more than I assume that I am. But we did wait it out and I wouldn't call it pouting. I would call it active waiting. Uh, some of it was pleasant. You know, once I got through my little fucking, uh, you know, childlike temper tantrum over nothing, uh, it looked like it was breaking up a little bit. And I walked back up there by myself, again, not pouting, taking a little space. Sarah waited in the car. She had gone out to take her space. We're doing that, taking timeouts. Great, it's healthy. And I went back up there and it was like the clouds started dissipating and it was like unfolding. It was like, it was appearing. It was almost like a, a magic trick. It's like the mist was 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 sort of you know going away and and exposing this miraculous canyon. Then a, 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 a rainbow formed over it, and I was ecstatic because it was beautiful, and uh, and it wasn't cloudy up there all day. It was totally worth the trip. She was excited. I was excited. I shot a. Uh, uh, I, I what I think might be a major motion picture on my phone. Uh, basically, it's just uh, about a woman looking at a canyon, and her name's Sarah. I'm just going to call it Sarah in the Canyon. Hour and a half of that on my phone. But you know what? Phones now go right into the theater. All right, so let's get back to the garage again. What you're hearing right now in your ears, I said a couple days ago. So I, I don't know where you're at. I don't know where the country's at. I don't know where the world's at. I know I was just at an Indian restaurant in Kauai, Hawaii. That's what I know for a fact. But uh, this guy, this dude that you're about, I'm about to talk to, the Zigzags, they're a band. They live in my neighborhood. They're releasing a new single as a download and on vinyl. It's called Ripping Death with the B-side Riddle of Steel. And you can pre-order it now at famousclass.com. So Jed... He reaches out to me, tells me about this. I got their records. They did a song with uh, with Iggy Pop. They, you know, they they were pretty pretty punk, pretty hard. Now they seem to be drifting a little into metally land, which is fine. But Jed used to work at Town Pizza, and I had a feud with Town Pizza because I'm a I'm an asshole. It's a good pizza place right down the street from me. But I decided when they first opened, they needed to work on their crust. And and I didn't think they were. So I baited them and I tweeted at them a picture of New York pizza. It was a big it was a it was scandalous. And now their pizza is tremendous. And and I felt bad. And I think I might have permanently uh, pissed off one of the owners. I don't know. But uh, I do recommend Town Pizza. It's one of the only places you get a fresh slice, you know, like all the time. Right down the street, Highland Park. Town Pizza. I'm just putting that out there, trying to make good. Trying to uh, maybe I'll talk to Jed about it. But this is uh, me and Jed Mayhew of the uh, Zigzags in the garage. <laughs> 
Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. The first time I met you, the zigzags, I met you before. Yeah. But it was you were at the pizza place. Yeah, I was at town. You're working at town. I was working at town. I, I was persona non grata for a while. No, I got a good story about that. Uh, oh, please, because like, let me tell you something, man. Like, I felt <laughs> shitty about it. I know. And then, you know, the dude, one of the owners. Yeah, Joram. Joram? Joram, yeah. Joram, like I'd done the, like I'd said my piece mm-hmm. about the crust and then they did not really fix the crust no. in my mind. And it was, you know, coming from New York, uh, like I was upset about it kind of, <laughs> but you know, pizza's pizza and people seemed to be enjoying it. And there was part of me that thought people were being misled this pizza crust needs to be better and right. they, they have it within their power to do it they're already doing well and i made a comment on twitter where i i did you see the tweet oh yeah later but that's uh that's the whole story though but but so then i see joram yeah who i'd met and like i like local business i'm, I'm happy everyone's sure. happy in the neighborhood but i ran into him at cafe de leche and he just gave me a stink eye that was like you're dead to me well, you got to understand when you're going in and you got all your stuff in a business. He, yeah. He's having a kid. His yeah. His whole life is riding on right. this thing. He's got so much anxiety already from yeah. just opening the business. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, so, I thought in that, but, but then I corrected it. I, I know, but I was in there. So this is the thing. I was like the morning prep guy. Right. So I would come in before everyone else and prep all the ingredients. Yeah. And then cook all the pizzas and get them ready for, right. for uh, the service when the, when the doors open yeah. for lunch. But I would always listen to WTF right. as I'm alone in this room making pizzas right. every morning. Yeah. And one day he comes in. It, it, it had happened the night before. I wasn't aware of it. You the know? tweet. Yeah. And I'm hungover and I'm making pizzas. Yeah. And, and he's just like, turn that shit off. I'm yeah. like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, I can't listen to that right now. I just, I can't deal with it. You know, I can't listen. <laughs> oh, man. It's <laughs> like, I got to listen to something. But then what happened was I, you know, I, I revisited and yeah. uh, I, I made I, I made a, a a positive comment in the LA Times. Yes, and I think it's okay now. I think it's fine, and I gotta say, you know, I uh, I've been there myself. A number anyone who knows me knows that uh, I made a lot of those kinds of apologies too. So, <laughs> but, but the pizza's fine. It's yeah, it's good. fine. They're doing it's, good. Yeah, they're doing good. They're busy. But you used to be the guy out back smoking the cigarette, right? One of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I always felt like I, I'm like I remember that I used to like standing out back with the restaurant I worked at smoking the cigarette. You got to, yeah, that's what you look forward to. Yeah, you yeah. get that five minutes, smoke uh-huh. the cigarette, and then you go back to the dough. Yeah, and then when you're done, you you and you, the rest of the people that work there, they go down to Johnny's, and then some weird shit happens, and then it's real uncomfortable the next day at work. <laughs> that's, you know, that's that's where it goes. That's, that's where the happens. restaurant life. Well, I you know I quit drinking, so that part of it, yeah, I'm I'm out of the loop. 
But uh, the Zigzags, now you guys are on your third record? Uh, well, we're on the second full-length album that came out in May on a label here uh, that's actually out at Eagle Rock called Castleface Records. But this single that's coming out that we're talking about today comes out next month on a, a label called Famous Class, which is out in New York. You say your name's Cajun? The last name, yeah. Well, I guess the first name Jed could be considered. Jed Mayhew? Yeah, yeah Jedediah J. Mayhew. Yeah, that's not southern at all. No, not at all did you grow up down there my dad's from new orleans yeah and i grew up in uh when he got out of uh out of the army yeah he was stationed he was came back and ended up in portland oregon really yeah so you're like an actual portland kid i'm born in portland oregon clackamas oregon which is uh clackamas the shithole right outside of portland but i don't know if you ever know that you know that band dead moon uh-uh I got a hippie to dead moon that's like my favorite my my f- favorite band of all time happens to be from the same unknown shitty town that i'm from so, yeah yeah really yeah clackamas oregon what lab, what what label are they on they're they're on their own record label tombstone records they're like uh they're a couple the guy was a uh, what is it dead moon yeah fred cole who's the singer started out as a like teen idol in the 60s down here really doing like uh blue-eyed soul uh-huh and now him, him and his wife still tr- troll around play music they're playing in berlin the night before we get there and they're like in their late 60s and they're like the rawest rockinest fuck they record their albums themselves and cut the cut the lathe themselves on the lathe that they cut louis louis on really she bought the lathe for him for his birthday like you know 20 years ago so they do small batches yeah small batches artisanal yeah. batches yeah. Of and they vinyl. all sound every record sounds different too because he's in there you know cutting the lathe <laughs> you know smoking cigarettes and drinking whiskey you know <laughs> that's insane yeah i gotta get you some of that stuff so growing up in portland before it got hip was that like oh the shithole Right, it wasn't like it, but it was. It was there at least some uh, original colonizers up there? Was it a hippie hole? Was it like growing up in like Humboldt or Bolinas? Well, that's why they ended up there because they were trying to. He was kind of get trying to get out of the draft, and he went on tour with his band, and he met her up there. And I think you know that's kind of where my parents met uh, through Scientology up there. So, yeah, you know, they did were, they stay in? No, 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 no. That's that, they got out immediately, but uh, <laughs> but they met. Yeah, that's. I think a, a couple of, of lost people. I think a lot. Of, there were a lot of seekers, you know, <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. time. Up there, right. You know? Sure. Yeah. 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 That's hilarious. Trying so, to get out of Babylon. You the, know, the early version. Uh huh. Like yeah, Elrond was probably get, making the rounds himself. Then he might have been. Uh, you know, he might have the boat docked over there. Yeah, maybe. Uh, that's wild, dude. Yeah. So, um, like, it seems to me that this new single is uh is 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 it is it my imagination or is it actually heavier metal than the last couple? It's getting heavier by the day. It is, I right? Think, yeah, I think so. We're getting faster. We're getting heavier. Because I'm like, like you know, like I was thinking when I when I heard it, like the B-side, what's that one called? Uh, Riddle of Steel. Riddle of Steel. I'm thinking like, this is Maiden. Yeah, we just shot a video for it in a vintage arcade over in Glendale. Really? Yeah. It's a little Maiden-y, isn't it's it? It's totally maiden yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm yeah. so glad I was able to call that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Be- being married to a metalhead for a few years, I, <laughs> the one thing I knew was Maiden. Well, you know, that's the thing. Is so like, the f- it's in true Zigzags fashion, it's like the first song, the, f- the A-side is all about like, you know, uh, war in the Middle East and, you know, all the shit going on. And then the B-side is about Conan the Barbarian. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Relevant and mythological. Exactly. But yeah, but I, I noticed right away that like, it, it's like you guys are going full metal. Yeah, for sure. Because before it was sort of like, all right, this is psych, psych rock. Yeah. And now we're, we're heading into another zone. Exactly. Now let's, let's talk about that single you sent me a while back, the, um, the Iggy Pop thing. Right. How did that happen? Well, what was that song? 
Uh, that was a cover of uh, Betty Davis. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Uh, if I'm in luck, I might just get picked up. Yeah. And I think at the time, I'm. this is what I heard, is that Iggy was scheduled to do something with Light in the Attic Records. Yep. And it fell through. Yeah. And he owed him a favor. He'd been paid already. <laughs> you know. Oh, really? So, I wonder what he was going to do with them. Were they going to do a new record? Well, or? they were doing these things where they were taking uh, like new bands and older artists and putting them together and having them do like a cover song. Oh, okay. And so, whatever originally he was supposed to do kind of fell through. And then they uh, asked us to to do that thing with him. And of course, we were just like fucking totally yeah honored to sure do it, man you know yeah so we recorded the music here and then sent it down to miami and he did the vocals there oh you didn't get to no hang out no nah. you just That's got an ass I, I guess he can just do that just show up with that voice yeah so what kind of guitar are you playing dude i'm playing two now i got a jackson Dinky. really yeah like a like a like a weird shaped one? No, it looks like a super strat. They call it, you know. It was a like, new one? Uh, it's from like ten years ago or something like that. It's like it's just like a pointy strat, and then I play a Charvel, uh, which was like the kind of original, like uh, what like Eddie Van Halen used to play. Yeah, and what slant. kind? Of, what's the amp? Uh, the amp is an old. This is a good one. The amp is an old uh, Music Man uh, from the seventies. Yeah, yeah. And the guy I got that thing off of, I saw it on Craigslist. He wanted like 200 bucks for it. It was new old, like he he had bought it on layaway yeah. for his punk band in Detroit. Moved out here in 1978, got yeah. a job doing sound on commercials. Put the <laughs> amp in the fucking closet, never looked at it again. And then when I needed it retubed, I found, this is the great thing about living in LA or Southern California. <laughs> when I needed it retubed, yeah. uh, they're like, oh, well, I go down to Jack over here at yeah. Future Music. Oh, I go, Jack. Yeah, I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey who? He's like, ah, oh, no one wants to work on those fucking things. He's like, I know the guy that used to work at the factory. Right who built right. these amps. Yeah. Here's his number. So sure. I go down to Garden Grove. There's yeah. like this fucking, you know, morbidly obese guy surrounded with, you tubes? know, tubes, you know, and <laughs> resistors and wire and shit, you know. He's like, oh, I remember this amp. I built three of these for Clapton on his 78 tour. I'm like, well, there you go. L.A., man. Yeah, only in L.A. Yeah, know? he sent me over to some dude's house to get my guitar worked on. Wasn't the guy that used to play with Dio or somebody? Yeah, yeah. Um... Fuck, I can't remember. In La Cunada? Yes, yes. I know exactly who you're talking about. He, he. Was it Dio or it was, was it uh, Dokken? Yeah, Dokken. George Lynch's guy. He played with those guys over there. He's a nice guy. Yeah. And, you know, he was in the house. You go into the into the back, yeah. into the garage area. There's reptiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, <laughs> there's always reptiles. <laughs> and just stacks of old amps and shit. Yeah. And a workbench and some guitars. Totally. Things half um, um, part. And the things, monitor lizard. Yeah, he had some sort of uh, lizards in there. Yeah, and ferrets. The, yeah, there's always guys with ferrets. Yeah, oh yeah, they're just like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. But there's always that moment where they got a guitar and you know they're they're uh, they're playing through your amp. Oh yeah, and you're they're like sounds pretty good. I'm like yeah, it does sound good. And yeah, when you're playing you, it, yeah, well, then they hand you the guitar and like I I can play okay, but yeah. then you have that back and forth cockfight, which is always one round with me. You know, I'll do my dinky blues riffs, yeah. then he takes it back and his fingers are going in areas I don't even know how he's doing it. You're like, how'd you get reverb? Like it doesn't yeah, even have even, reverb. Even, yeah, yeah, what are you doing? No, it's just a it's a technique. I, oh yeah. fuck yeah, <laughs> but he's a good guy. Now future music is sort of like. It's classic, man. Oh, it's the hub. We got our drum set from there, and it was this total thing where it was just like, you know, it was like a, a consignment deal, you know, but Jack's just like, all right, just take it. Yeah. Pay me later. Yeah. I'll talk to the guy. You yeah. Know, it's just like, you need those fucking people, man, when you're just like- Right. And that's the way it used to be. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. He's you like, know, we can pay card or, you know, if you yeah. give me cash, or, you know. They're, like, you needed the go-between. Totally. The guy that was sort of like, you know, that he was the hub of like people with- 
different sorts of you know kind of pieces of equipment or sure. in trouble yeah and needed to move shit he just lets me take stuff and like try it out and bring it back you know it's like it's good it's not it's, yeah it's and different. it's good because now that this area has become such a music hub yeah because what dwyer's here you guys are here ty's, ty's here. here uh is uh kyle still here kyle's here yeah 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 king all tough the, yep all those guys i don't know where my uh, michael cronin is somewhere but he's with ty, i think he's yeah. on the other side yeah he's somewhere around here i think he's here yeah and then the guy who does austin you know austin hooks no this is a little highbrow we're getting a little out oh, okay. of the we're getting a little out of the gutter no i know we're getting a little out of the psych i like to keep it dumb yeah, so you know we're getting a little out of the psych rock world yeah. into uh, austin hooks who who guts these old projector heads okay cool. and he makes cabinets for dawes oh nice yeah and, i was just hanging out with the guy from one of the guys from dawes last night yeah and uh hey. blake mills okay yeah he's blake mills's amp guy gotcha so he's a real like analog nerd sure 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 and i don't know if he st- if he knows i still have this thing like, this was the prototype, and he said, just keep it here because I don't want to sell it. Right. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. I don't even know how to work it, really. <laughs> but I'm hold- I got a couple of those things, I'm, I'm holding it for him. Yeah. All right, dude. So the single, how's it how's it work now? So you're going to you're gonna put it out on on vinyl, and I saw the cover art. Yep. It's, uh, what is it? It's someone ripping apart. It's like our version of Eddie, like Iron Maiden's Eddie. We yeah. have Randy. Okay. Who was my babysitter when I lived in the trailer park in Clackamas. It was like this <laughs> redheaded mullet guy who would like take me down to like this place called High Rocks, which was like he jumped into the river and they would all smoke dope and yeah. these girls would come down and I'd be like, what's little, going on? This is kid. grown up land. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So Randy was my babysitter. So when I needed a mascot, yeah. Named him Randy. He's our version of Eddie. He's a skull-faced Hesher, you know, yeah. lo- loser, or yeah. whatever. So the image is him with a Jackson guitar with saw blades on it sawing through Donald Trump's face. There you go. Political. Yeah. Political <laughs> action. And the and the record comes on uh, spray orange tan colored vinyl. There you go. Yeah. You're, you're doing something. <laughs> that ought to do it. I don't know. That, that's going to save us, yeah. Jed. I think, I think exactly. you, you really struck a blow. Yeah. <laughs> And, so it really went out on a limb there, you know. It was either that or play the inauguration. So. Oh, yeah, you turned that down. Yeah, Good we turned that down immediately. Where can they get it? Uh, you're going to be able to get it on famousclass.com. Uh, the pre-orders are going to go up uh, like whenever this is airing. So, And we're doing like a record release show at the Resident downtown here on February 16th, and we'll have the records with us then. Oh, so we just promote we pr- promote everything. Is your how's the European tour? You want me to let's push that? Yeah, that starts uh, March first. Yeah, uh, in uh, get we get into Berlin, and I think the first show is in Würzburg. Yeah, which the last time we played there was at a five hundred year old women's prison. Really? Yeah. S- still working? Uh, no, it's a club now. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know if they split it up. <laughs> well, like yeah, they, was... they wheel them out in cages while you play, you know. And I the... thought it might be like some sort of work program. Which is yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And then uh, and then where do you go? You go to Germany? and We go all over Germany. We go to France. We go to Italy. We go to Austria. We go to Sweden. We go to the UK. We're going to Dublin, Ireland, which I'm really excited about. I love Dublin. About. Where are you I'm playing there? Um, I don't even know. Oh. Uh, uh, but uh, I'm excited. Dublin's great. I've never been there. I'm excited to it's go. It's great. Yeah. It's a great city. Yeah. Pretty. And I can like imagine, people. you know. And how's your following in the Europe? Uh, we've been over there once and it was, uh, it did pretty good. We played like some festivals and stuff and okay. we played a lot of small like club shows and then, you know, but it's like some kid drove like five hours from another country to see you and it's just like, it's amazing, you know? So, all right. So, well, if people don't know you, let's lay into this track now. I've never, I don't usually set up tracks. No? No. Can we play the B-side? Yeah, you can play whatever you want. <laughs> What's the name of the song again? Riddle of Steel. All right, this is, thanks for talking, Jed. This is Zigzag's Riddle of Steel. Thanks for having me, Mark. There was a time, boy. 
my search for steel. And steel, not more than even gold or jewels. A riddle of steel. Yes. You know what it is, don't you, boy? Shall I tell you? What you're hearing right now is Riddle of Steel, the B-side on the Ripping Death single by the Zigzags. It's available February 24th. You can pre-order it now from Famous Class Records at FamousClass.com. They're donating a portion of sales to Planned Parenthood. You can also check the Zigzags out at Zigzags.Bandcamp.com. He's a good guy. He's a good, he's, he used to work down at the pizza place over there. Okay? All right. So let's talk to a sex pistol. You know, I'll be honest with you. And this is between us. I've had a couple opportunities to talk to John Lydon, and I, uh, I didn't. I, I, just, uh, I just didn't. But Steve Jones, I was happy to talk to Steve Jones. I've done Steve Jones' show. He's got Jones's jukebox out here in Los Angeles. And he's got this uh, new memoir out, Lonely Boy. Tales of a Sex Pistol. It's available now wherever you get books. This is me and uh, an original Sex Pistol talking about music and drugs and life. You know, that stuff. What do you think of Jethro Tull? I actually never liked him back in the day. Right. But I actually like him now. It's it's something weird is happening to me uh, around Jethro Tull. You're changing too? Well, I, one of the first records I had was that Aqualung record. 
and yeah. uh, it wasn't bad. But the, you know what was really annoying about him was the the get up and the flute and the ridiculous dancing. The you tights, li- and the yeah. tights. Yeah, you listen to the music; some of it rocks pretty hard. Yeah. So we're like, I don't know. Like when I talk to people who grew up in England, I need to I need to hear about it because you know I don't really know much about England uh, in terms of I can only learn from people. Yeah. I don't spend a lot of time there. Yeah. So where did you grow up? West London. So Which, right in the city. Yeah. Well, not not in the when you say the city. Yeah. The city. The city could mean like right where Piccadilly Circus is. Sure. That's like the inner, downtown. No, that's the inner city. Okay. And it's all comes out, spreads out around that. Yeah. So there's no, no like downtown. Right. Where you head downtown. Yeah. And then you, it pushes out. And I'm kind of like west of all that a place called Hammersmith, where they, this place called the Hammersmith Odeon. Back in the da- back in the day, it was called the Hammersmith Odeon. Now it's called the Hammersmith Apollo, by the Hammersmith Flyover. All the bands play there who come into town. If you're at that level, like five thousand. Yeah, yeah, I've seats. heard of that. Yeah, it's a famous place. Bowie's last show was there, where where um, he did his farewell to Ziggy Stardust oh really he he, uh, he he shedded the persona yeah and that was the one where I stole all of his equipment so. that's a true story yeah well you think I made it up no I didn't think you made it up I thought it was a rumor <laughs> <laughs> no so uh, oh man so were you I, with the Sex Pistols already? No, no, no. This was prior to any any band. Uh, I might have been messing about with Cookie at this point, but nothing serious has happened. Is he still around? Yeah. And you guys are still pals? Oh, he's my oldest friend. I've known him since I was ten. We're still good, good buddies. That's but that's a beautiful thing, isn't it? It is. It is when you got a couple of pals like that. Yeah, yeah. It's the best. So you, you get, to, so did you go to the show, the Bowie show? Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that they were doing two nights, yeah. you know, and I didn't realize what recording meant at right. this stage. So we watched the show, everyone's screaming, it's great, all the young girls are screaming, and it's a typical uh, Ziggy, Ziggy Stardust, Spiders yeah. from Mars concert. What's this, 70 what? 72, 73, yeah. Yeah. I believe, somewhere in there. The show ends, I, I know this place like the back of my hand, Hammersmith Odeon. Why? Because I, uh, I lived around the corner, and I used to get no ways to get in to see every concert. I saw Mott the Hoople there. I saw Bob Marley there. I saw Queen there. I saw everybody there. You saw them at the peak of their careers, or right before they peaked, probably. It, yeah. Because 5,000 Cedar? Yeah. First tour stuff. Yeah, I guess so. And Mott the Hoople, well, they started there, right? In, in UK, right? Yeah. So that was that must. So you were the glam guys. You like the glam guys? That was my thing. Yeah, Roxy Music. Oh, David Bowie. The yeah. Faces. Bowling. Bowling. Rod Stewart and the Faces. Faces isn't really glam. That's good. That's so rock. So folksier, right? Yeah, it's a bit more bluesy, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. But they look they looked the part. They could have sure. fitted in the satin, hair. satin pants and that, lo- yeah, that yeah. lovely hair that I could never get. <laughs> what a great band they were, huh? Oh, they were fantastic. You saw them live a few times. Oh, all the time. Yeah, fo- fo- I was obsessed with Rod Stewart. You were. I, I really was. There was a combination. In a good the, way? Oh, yeah. Yeah? It was the voice. It was the haircut. The hair. And it was the songs. Yeah. I had all all of his solo albums. And yeah. Then, and then all the Faces albums. At, the, at some point, did Rod Stewart, did you turn on him or you stayed with him all the way through? I didn't turn on him, but I, I went off him when he came to America and he got all poncy. Poncy, that's the word. When he was, uh, when he kept with his... Britt Eklund, I think she punched him up a bit. 
<laughs> because like at some point, you know, this guy had like one of the most unique and greatest voices in rock and roll. And then right around, I don't remember when when it happened, but uh, I think it was like the Blondes Have More Fun single uh, or some one of those. Uh, I Atlantic think was, Crossing. Yeah, something happened where it was just sort of like, nah. It stopped. it stopped being uh, cool. He, he became a perfume punce. Yeah, something. Yeah, it just wasn't good. Yeah. And the voice didn't change. Just no, didn't like him anymore. No, he had a different band. Yeah. That was trying to be the Faces. But right. when you're a real Faces fan like me, it wasn't the same. All right, so you know the place. You go, you go watch, you see Bowie. The show ends. I hang around. Yeah. Um, how, I, how old are you, like 15? Yeah, yeah. I, I I borrow someone's minivan. Um, me and another guy, he's dead now. We 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 got in there about two in the morning. There's no one in there. They got a roadie asleep in the fifth row. The light, the house lights are on. The lights are on. Uh, house lights are on the stage. Yeah. So, so it's kind of surreal. It's so quiet in there. This guy's snoring. Are they packing up shit? Or no, everyone's gone. This oh, is two in the morning. So they're everyone's gonna get, they're gone. They're going to pick it up the next day. They're playing tomorrow. Oh, the they're, day before. They're doing two nights. Got it. Oh, right? I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. So all the gear's set up. Yeah. This yeah. guy's snoring. Yeah. I sneak in with my uh, wire cutters. I proceed to go on the stage and cut all these beautiful mics. I didn't realize they were for recording. Yeah. These fantastic Neumann mics. Yeah, yeah. I get them, I take the cymbals, the drums. Why didn't cymb- you just unplug them? Why'd you cut everything for? Because I'm an idiot. I, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like, you just made them useless. <laughs> <laughs> well, the wires were useless, yeah. yeah uh, oh, that's right. They're just, uh, you, you st- can unplug you, the cable. Right, 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 right. Unplug them later. Yeah, yeah. Um, got the bass head. Yeah. It, it was a sun amp. Uh, it was a sun set up, one of them new solid yeah. state deals. Yeah. It was a big deal back then. Still didn't know what it was. Right. I, I, it was the bass player's head. Loaded it all up in the minivan. No guitars. No guitars, but the the, the crown jewel was Bowie's microphone. Uh-huh. It was this little tiny Electra voice. You can see it because they, they filmed it. Yeah. With lipstick all on the edge of it, on the end of it. You got it. I, I got it, but I don't have it. What happened to it? I, who knows? <laughs> he sold I, it. I became a junkie. Junkies <laughs> don't keep anything. Moves around. <laughs> Someone's got it. So that's for the that was the movie Ziggy star that that was the Ziggy movie that yeah. full concert the, yeah. from, uh, that was done at Hammersmith yeah, and you got that mic yeah you were you a junkie already no I was fifteen I I didn't start doing dope <coughs> till after the pistols like when I was twenty two so what do you when you grow up like you what, like what kind of life you live in what what who are you living with what's your folks do what what happens I had how did you become this I become this <laughs> because I had a rotten upbringing. Of course. You know, the abusive stepfather. Oh, really? He molested me when I was 10. Is that true? Of course it's true. Why do you keep asking me things are true? You think I'm making this no, shit I up? No, of course not. I, I don't know why. Because <laughs> you seem like such a solid dude. Well, that was a long time ago. So, like, One time it happened. Oh, yeah? He made me, he made me pull his thing uh-huh. when my mum was in hospital. Oh, Jesus. I, 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 attempting, I believe, to have a baby, but she had a miscarriage. And uh, I think it was more of a power trip. He never liked me, this guy. Yeah. I didn't like him. Yeah. But it, what it did was it really changed everything because I didn't want to go home anymore. How old were you? About 10. Yeah. I didn't know how to deal with this. Yeah. I thought I'd done something wrong. And and after that time, uh, I just completely turned into a kleptomaniac, a peeping Tom. Um, 
just I couldn't sit still. Where'd you, where did you leave the house? Did you move? I stayed there till uh, till I was about fourteen. And he was also physically abusive. Not, not. I had one fight with him at the end. Oh, but he didn't. He, he just, he just used his his size, which yeah. is, which uh, you know, at the time it was very intimidating. He was yeah. always intimidating me. Did you tell your mom? I told my mum in a letter a lot later, but mm. she, I got the old denial letter back saying that didn't happen. What are you talking about? Blah blah blah. Oh really? Yeah. So that sent you spiraling into a life of uh, petty crime. Yes. Um, that seems to have become that became real crime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was all most of it was juvenile. I had thirteen arrests as a juvenile. Where was the real dad? He was up. He was in uh, Manchester. Um, Nottingham, yeah. after he left my mum, when I don't remember, when, uh, somewhere in between nowhere and one, yeah, he split, he he, uh, he moved to uh, Nottingham, he got married, had two boys and two girls. So you got four half-brothers and sisters. Yeah. And what's that, what did he do? He just, he just split. Was he, what, what was he, was his job, did you build a relationship with that guy? I met him. Yeah. In 2008. That, oh, it took that long? It took that long. And I went up. I went over to England to do a tour, yeah. like thirty shows, and With, uh, which band? Sex Pistols. Yeah, it's, you know reunion nonsense. And then, um, and then in that time, uh, my friend of mine helped me track him down. Anyway, I got on a train to Nottingham. I met him at the train station. Yeah, and we went into a cafe around the corner and bullshitted for a couple of hours, and and that was the end of that. And then I had a couple of phone calls, a couple of months later, and that and that was it. It was good to me. It was good to see him, though. Did you see the resemblance and everything? Yeah, and his voice is exactly the same. Really? And this is this is really weird. I don't know if there's a connection or it's just a coincidence. He was a lorry driver. Yeah, a truck driver. Yeah, and I loved to drive. I learned when I was like 13 years old. Got a nice truck out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is that thing? So it's, it's a Dodge uh, uh, Ram 1500. Big car. Big car. I almost smashed it. Coming it, here? In the rain. Oh, I, I, on my life, I had one of them moments, you know, where it all slows down. Sure, yeah. In your head. It's going to happen. I'm just coming along the 118, because I came up to the 118 to the 210. I came around the top way. And it was like a scene out of chips. You know, they always used to shoot chips yeah. up there, the original chips. Yeah. Where you see the, you see the, um, the, the extras cars going like 10 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, I just must have went over a bump. And I literally lost control. Ugh. If there was no, if there was no um, other cars around, I, I would have, I would have been history. It was the weirdest thing. Well, my, I, did you slide? Was it because of the rain, or was it? It a didn't huge... slide. It kind of went. It like, what's that when it, it goes? Swivels, like, swiveled. Yeah, I hit something. Yeah, a pothole or something. Yeah, it was scary, man. It got my attention. Yeah, got really? woke you up. Oh man, got that it pulled you right into the present. It really did. Got you out of your head, Steve. It got me out of my head and it got me to slow down too. So you met your old man and in, uh, in that you didn't you didn't really contact him after that. What about the other brothers and sisters? Ever? No, never met them. Not not compelled. I don't think he had any desire to open up that ca can of worms, which I understand. Yeah, I don't really want to. Yeah. I, I don't really want a relationship. Sure, they with, probably know who you are. Well, he's probably told them. I don't think he knew who I was originally, though. Really? When no. you when you first met him? Or early on, early on, yeah. Before well, when he split, I don't think he knew anything about my uh, coming up in the Sex Pistols or anything. 
So how does that happen? When do you start playing guitar? Um, I started playing guitar about three months after I got kind of moved over to guitar. I was singing first. With uh, with uh, uh, another band? No, with the Sex Pistols. It was Cookie. Yeah. Glenn Matlock, who was the original. Bass player, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Wally Nightingale, who was the uh, original guitar player. He was ugly. Yeah. I was the singer originally. We don't. We did one show. It was awful. That was your. You you came up with the name? No, Malcolm McLaren did. See, like what now? Like I gotta figure out how that all comes together because who would I talk to in here? Uh, Chrissy Hind. Yeah, she was around. Yeah, yeah, totally around. And working for Malcolm, she was working in the shop. Yeah, uh, Let It Rock, and that was on Kings Road. Yeah. Now, when did that like start to turn? Because you're growing up, you're seeing Bowie, right? And I think I talked to uh, Dolby, right? What's his? You know that? What's that guy's name? Thomas Dolby. Thomas Dolby, yeah. Like, cause he was like r- running around at that time too. Like, I've talked to a couple cats from your generation, and I talked to older guys who were in Britain, like Lemmy. You know, who were they were going to see Fleetwood Mac and the Beatles and sure. like, you know that stuff. But Chrissy Hines said that when Johnny Thunders. And the Heartbreakers came to England. Yeah. That changed the whole game. Is that possible? Uh, I don't know about changed the whole game. Uh, it, 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 everyone started doing smack. <laughs> yeah, that's what that started. <laughs> so it wasn't a music thing. It was like, ah, oh, heroin is how you no, did that. No, I'm going to give funders credit, man. I was a massive New York Dolls fan. Right. You know, their first and Hell second. of a sound, that guitar, huh? It was just, yeah, it was good. It was, it was chaotic. It was like real rock and roll. And it and that was one of the albums that helped me learn how to play guitar because when I got shoved on guitar, yeah, I bet I didn't really know any guitar, so we got rid of Wally. I took Wally's place. We did an audition. We got John in the band. Then it was like time to stop messing around. And what how I learned to play guitar was I would take these black, little black beauties, yeah, and that would give me the focus. Because I, I had that thing, you know, the ADAD. Couldn't, yeah. And couldn't focus five minutes. Sure, and a little speed doesn't a hurt. A little spa- speed zooms you right in there. Yeah. And that was that really helped me. And you locked in enough to figure out how to play those three chords or so. Yeah, they was all the, it was all the same chord. Yeah. It was a matter of moving my arm up and down the yeah. fretboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was yeah. basically it, you know. But what was it like, the shop, the, the Malcolm McLaren shop? I mean, it seems like he, that there was an orchestration of a scene happening. Malcolm's that, shop was like the hate Asbury of punk. Right. It was like the the, the, the place yeah. where everything, all the glue, everything stuck together from, revolved around that shop. And what, what were you fighting against? What was being pushed out? What music was sort of like, well, fuck this? Um, the changing of the guard. Yeah, I don't think I was one of them people yeah. who said, fuck this. Yeah. I just wanted to get laid and be in a rock and roll band. Right. That was someone else who was saying all, all that. But do you remember what music was popular at the time that you know people were reacting against? I mean, what was the, what what wave was crashing? Well, it was the pomp of uh, the band Yes and oh right, the Prague Jeff Rotol, yeah, Zeppelin, if you will, yeah, uh, unapproachable bands, right? Prague know. rock dominance, yeah, uh, Steve Hillage, uh, right. I'm getting deep now. No, no, it's good, Steve Hillage. A Tangerine Dream. Yeah. But looking back on it now, I look at them bands and I think they're, they're kind of punk too. 
little they're, bit. They're not looking for any single. They don't give a shit about anybody else. They're sure. kind of just doing their thing. Yeah, they'll play a whole song, one side, two songs. Yeah, <laughs> they must have been doing speed too. <laughs> they were something. So that was it. There were these like almost mythic, you know, bands around that you know played with you know mythological and and uh, <laughs> Renaissance characters and little universes to create this sound. And you guys brought it back down to the people. We brought it back down. I think a lot of it was uh, because uh, technical ability, you know, and a bit of anger in there. Right. You know, you're young. But I don't think we set out to get rid of all these old fart bands. We just was, we was just the next wave and we just come along and came along at the right time. Right. And, so, jo- and John wrote fantastic lyrics. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And the music was was cool. Now, with, with Malcolm, so he would just create an environment where everyone hung around. He had his shop. It was him and Vivian Westwood. And it was uh, clothing mostly. It was a clothing shop, but they had a jukebox in there. They had a couch. Yeah. You could hang in there. Yeah. You know, and he he, he, he was drawn to me. I went in there way before the Pistols uh, started, and I became friends with him. And he used to show me uh, all these I hung around with him. I would drive him up the West End of London. Yeah. Because he couldn't drive. I would drive Viv's minivan, mini, and buy material for him to, to make uh, stuff up. So they were making all the plaid skirts and the belts and the Not safety at this pins? point. Not no. at this point. They were just doing um, um, Teddy Boy stuff. Okay. Which in England is a little different. It was the same kind of music, you know, yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, right. But the look was a bit different. They had this thing, all these guys called Teddy Boys. It was called like the Edwardian-looking thing where they'd have the big drape coats, yeah. drain pipes, yeah. winkle picker shoes. Right. Similar, but yeah. a little bit different than the States. Yeah, there was a pretty aggressive rockabilly thing going on too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That stuff is... That plays a lot into punk, I think. Well, the the, the second wave, yeah. like when we came up, yeah. they didn't like us, the punks. They thought we were taking the piss out of them, the Teddy Boys. Oh, the Teddy Boys didn't like you. No, there was a, it was a, there was a, a, a schism, a divide. Yeah. So McLaren takes a liking for you, driving Vivian's van around. Drive it, driving a mini around. In return, he he got the t- he took me out at night and showed me like the nightlife. Yeah. That I was never uh, hip to. I was I was like a young guy who used to go to football matches and was and that steel thing. Yeah, that was my thing. <laughs> And he showed me a whole other side. He would take me to this club called the Speakeasy. He knew all the rock and rollers. So you're like this feral, working class kid. Yeah. That he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show this guy. I guess so because he's 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 a bit off. He's he's a bit off too. Yeah. Malcolm, you know, he likes the underworld characters. Oh yeah. He's not into the straight the straight people. Were the Cray brothers around then? Yeah, in the sixties, oh, early sixties. Yeah, I, I think some of it was still going on, but it wasn't. It right, was, it wasn't big. At that it wasn't point. dominating the uh, the tabloids yeah. at that point. Yeah. So you're going around. You're seeing who. What you are know, you doing? What are you learning? I'm just learning another side of life, the avant-garde side of life that I was really drawn to. The art side of life. Yeah, in some just way. Uh, just people who who uh, you know just different, like yeah. like, like the uh, studio. Uh, like the Andy Warhol side. Right. The English version of that. There was a few shops. There was another one called Granny Takes a Trip. Yeah. That they sold a lot of them velvet suits with the rhinestones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool cool stuff. That I, I went in there a bunch of times. Did you buy stuff? I didn't buy anything. And they were all in the back shooting dope. So yeah. you could literally 
walk in there and walk out. I'm like, where are these guys? There's never anyone in here. I didn't know what dope was at the time. Yeah. But I didn't. I just, you know, helped myself. It was what, great. What were you doing? Just drinking and taking speed? Yeah. So you start learning to play guitar because you got rid of the guitar player. Yeah. And then is that when, and, and Malcolm is producing you at that point to begin with? No. Did he talk you into the band or you had the band? We had the band. Yeah. Because Glenn Matlock worked in the shop yeah. on the Saturdays. And he knew how to play bass. He, he he knew how to play bass. So there's another connection. Yeah. Because he worked in Malcolm's shop. Okay. And he was a bass player. Yeah. And he was a fan of the faces. Yeah. It made it perfect sense to start a band with me, Cookie, and him, and this guy, Wally. Well, where, where, how does uh, how does Paul play into all that? Well, he was he was my, you know. You like, guys just hung out together? We were, my hung, hung out, I stole him a drum kit. From who? Which band? I don't fucking know. There were so many. <laughs> Set it up in his mum's bedroom. Yeah. And learnt, he learned how to play a little bit in there. Yeah. No training, just listening to records. Just crash, bang, wallop, yeah. Yeah. And all right, so does so you decided to start the band. Yeah. And Malcolm is, what? what is his role initially? He just sh- come to rehearse. He just came to rehearsals here yeah. and there. He weren't really into it. He obviously saw, did it add a long way to go. He had nothing to do with the music, by yeah. the way. I just want to get that clear from the beginning to the end. He had yeah. no input as far as songs. He yeah. was more, he was more the fashion side, mm-hmm. you know, and other little stunts. But um, but he did say he said, you know, you you got to get rid of that guy, Wally. It's not happening. And I and after we did the one show, I realized that I didn't want to be the singer. Yeah, I don't like it when everyone stares at me. Yeah, I ra- I rather be kind of people looking at you but you're not the main focus yeah yeah so it kind of worked out as 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 it was meant to be you know yeah how did he take it wally yeah he wasn't happy no uh and his dad had this rehearsal place where we used to rehearse for months for free yeah this bbc studio his dad had the contract to do the electric electric electrician work there yeah and it never got done. And it was right down by Hammersmith Bridge by the river. So we could rehearse in there all day long, all night in this beautiful soundtrack, yeah. I mean, uh, soundproof, beautiful BBC place. Yeah, yeah. And you lost that when you got with a Wally. Exactly. And then where'd you go? It was uh, it was not good for a little while. We had to like rent a van, go to some horrible damn rehearsal place, set up. Fuck about for a couple of hours, take it all down in the van, right. take it back, take the rental van back. It, it was a nightmare. And Malcolm um, put an ad, uh, he saw an ad um, at the rehearsal uh, storage place, Denmark Street, Timpan yeah. Alley. And it was uh, belonged to uh, the, uh, the tour manager of the, Bad Fing- the band Badfinger. Oh, yeah, sure. And we got it. And it was right, this was right central London, Timpan Alley. Yeah. And it had an upstairs, like with a little sink, an outside toilet, and, and we could rehearse downstairs. So we lucked out so well. Where was Badfinger? They they, they were done. Okay. Two, two of them committed suicide. Right. It didn't end well, yeah. They, it, they, it was done. And I lived upstairs. This is the first time I've had my own place. Upstairs in the same, bu- in the same building as the rehearsal space? Yeah. Oh, great. Right in the center of London. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a dream come true. Who'd you live with? Just you? Just me. Uh, and whatever chick would stay over, yeah, or not even stay over. Just I prefer them to split. Yeah. So, so when does Leiden come in? He's in at this point. 
Yeah. Who? How does that happen? How do you meet him? It was. Um, it happened. We put an ad in a paper. He meets us down at Malcolm's shop. Yeah. One night. It, it, again, he'd been in, he'd been in there too, you know, randomly. Yeah. And uh, he shows up. Uh, he's a bit nervous. We're nervous. Uh, we go around the corner to this pub on Kings Road called the Roebuck. We have a few pints. We're getting a bit loose, and we say, "Well, come on in. Let's go back to the shop and sing along with the jukebox." And he does that, and we uh, pressed a, a number and eighteen by Alice Cooper come up. Yeah, and we said, "Go on, <laughs> sing along to that." I mean, it's it's, it's a bit hard. And he didn't, he just fucked about, John. He yeah. didn't take it seriously. And I got annoyed with him because yeah. he wasn't trying. Right. But in hindsight, he did exactly the right thing. Just doing that Johnny Wright and thing like, hey, he, he just, he was just goofing around, yeah. man. Yeah. And I didn't like him for yeah. that because I thought he wasn't serious. Yeah. And then I noticed his teeth were all green. green. I said, your fucking teeth are rotten, mate. And and that stuck. The name thing stuck all that night. <laughs> and, and that's when we started, uh, Rehearsing that was prior to Denmark Street, Tim Pan Alley. That was a few, a couple of months before yeah. that. So by the time you got over there, you guys are you're at it. We're at it with we're Matlock. It. We're at it. All the magic was written in that little place where I ended up living. So what? When does when does Malcolm start suiting you up? The clothes? Yeah. Well, from the back. Yeah. Um, you know, John kind of had that look prior to Malcolm. Yeah. I think everyone was inspired by it, uh, and that's when my, that's when that's when Let It Rock stopped, and it became Sex. Right, that, that was the name of the shop in big pink letters. And did he change the uh, inventory? Did the inventory cho- totally changed to what was it then? Bondage what? tops, bondage right. pants, right? The collars and shit. A lot, a lot of uh, a lot of fascist stuff. A lot of. Uh, Right. Karl Marx stuff, shirts with Karl Marx on it. Yeah. Just shock value. Yeah. You know. It worked, though. Swastikas. Sure. All that stuff. Was there a skinhead movement yet? The skinhead movement, which I was, was in the middle of 60. The original skinheads. Yeah. When I was like when I was like 10 or 11. Oh, yeah? You know, when I, that, that was the original skinheads. You had the mods, and the mods, which was the who and all that, yeah. small faces, the kinks. Mm-hmm. That ended, and that's when the skinhead started. That lasted a few years, fizzled out. But then, after the Sex Pistols started, this next wave, oi, these oi bands, came around just after the Pistols. That's when it got all weird and and um, National Front and um, violent, you know, uh, kind of racist, yeah, if you will, you know. The original skinheads weren't? I had a lot of black friends we, who I went to school with. We were all skinheads. All we used to do was go to youth clubs and go to football matches. There was no music involved? Yeah. Yeah? What the was the music? Blue Beat. Yeah. Tamla Motown. Soul. Right. That was the music. Some of the ska stuff? Yeah, not so much ska, but I guess early ska, the original Prince Buster and all that stuff. That came in later too, after the Pistols, right? Yeah. The whole, the ska Specials. Right, that was when I was, I think that was happening in 1980, 1981, right? Yeah, madness. Yeah, yeah. One step beyond. Mm. All right, so now you've got an outfit. You've got a band that's functioning. You guys are playing out now? After about three months of uh, me playing guitar and rehearsing, we did our first show around the corner at St. Martin's Art 
college. It was literally around the corner. We walked, yeah. we walked around there and took our walked our gear around there. Uh, Glenn Matlock went to that school. Yeah, he got the gig. Yeah, and we opened up for a band called Bazooka Joe. It was no stage. It was just a, a room, a small room. And the bass player, funny enough, was Adam Adam Ant in in, uh, in Bazooka Joe. Oh, really? We went on. I was terrified, like I always was, when it came time to be in front of people. So I took a couple of Mandrax. Yeah. Uh, American. Quaalude. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, best drug ever. That's what I hear. Oh, tingly feelings. With a couple of pints, and we got on stage. We started doing Did You Know Wrong? And I look over at Rotten. I'm like, this is the best fucking thing ever. Yeah. You just had that moment, you know, yeah. where it all seemed to gel. Yeah. And it's like coat. You, you search for that moment forever after. It never right. is. That you know? first one. Yeah. So that was it. And, and the plug got pulled after about three songs. Really? Because we were very loud. Yeah. Just We just didn't know. Yeah. We just didn't know what, what we were, were the, doing. What was, the, what was the song list? A um, few covers. Uh, 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 no Lip. Don't Give Me No Lip. It's a Dave Berry song. Yeah. Uh, I think we I think we did a small faces song. Did you know wrong was an original? Yeah. Uh I don't think there was a lot of originals at that stage of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. You know. Right. We we used to do a lot of covers. Did you do Roadrunner then? No. That came a little bit later. It's a good song. You, you know what that album is fantastic. Which one the Modern Lovers album? Yeah. It's great. I didn't realize that came out way before. Yeah. Anything came out. It was what was it? Seventy two. Seventy two. Yeah. Oh, it's great. The uh, I love Old World, and Astral Plane. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, uh, she cracked. Yeah. Uh, it's, She's it's, cracked. It's fantastic. It's great. Yeah. He was a special guy. That guy. Pablo Picasso ne- was never called an asshole. Yeah. Not in New York. Yeah. <laughs> that that was that was a, that was a great album. I'm glad we did a version of that. We used to we play it when we played live. We always do that song. Roadrunner. Yeah. All right, so you had that magic moment, and and then you get un, you get unplugged, and then how does it how does it become a phenomenon? What happens? How does how does how does Matlock go away and Sid come in? Well, that that was a while after that. About, so you guys played a lot around town. We played a lot up up north of England, various places, strip clubs, uh, avant garde kind of art parties. Is the metal is the metal thing happening now too? Is Lemmy doing that yet? Uh I I'm not sure. It could have been still Hawkwind at this point. Okay, yeah. I'm not sure the dates. I mean yeah. I knew Lemmy. Yeah. I used to buy speed off him down Portobello. Sounds Road. like he was the guy with the speed. He was the man to go to. Yeah. <laughs> he was the man to go to. I love Lemmy man. Yeah. I love him. I think we did one of his last interviews in here. Yeah. Yeah. He he didn't look well, but it was sweet. It was good. I'm glad I got to talk to him. Yeah, it, it was. He looked. We we played his 70th birthday party at the um at the whiskey. Yeah, and I saw him, and God, he really looked like death warmed up. Yeah, with the cane, the face. I mean, yeah, such a shame. I mean, it, it could have been avoided. That yes, it, it would have taken a little work. You know, he 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 changed Jack Daniels to beer to, to right. vodka oh, t- and orange juice because orange juice is healthy. <laughs> yeah, you know that's 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 his thinking. <laughs> all right, so you're playing around, you're doing all the places, you're getting your your chops in order, and then how does it evolve? Um, is Chrissy Hind around? She's around. She's hanging out, right? She's hanging out. I was hanging out. Yeah, hanging out the back of her. Yeah, yeah. 
She seemed like a, when I talked to her, it was very intimidating. She's great, Chrissy. She's a true, she's a true rock and roller. Yeah, she really is, man. Yeah. Her, her story's pretty amazing. Paid her dues. I love her, man. And and she used she used to come over Denmark Street and stay yeah. over at night. Yeah, we used to have a little thing going. Yeah, and I was always like, ah, oh, she goes, I want to be in a band. I'm like, ah, shut up, talk about being a band. Get <laughs> get down here. But Are she you- she proved everybody wrong. Fair play to her. Are you friends with her still? Yeah, she she did the forward for my book. Oh, oh, good, good, yeah. oh, good. All right, so you're playing around. We're playing I'm just around. Trying to figure out when it be when you take over the world for the year or two that you did. We play around. We start getting popular a little bit on the music front. We're playing up and down England. In, and you're doing avant-garde places like art rock places. Uh, like, uh, yeah. Only a few in London. Mm-hmm. Most of the shows we did up north, yeah, were uh, pretty brutal. Yeah, uh, when men's working men's clubs, tashes, flares, big fusier, throwing throwing shit at us. Yeah, you know that was the. But yeah, in that in there in there, there's always be a couple of kids who would like be gravitated Lock to in. it, and the next day they'd cut their hair, put plastic bags on themselves. You know. <laughs> yeah, and that and that kind of went along. We got a record deal uh, with EMI. Sure, we cut Anarchy. When we were EMI, we start rehearsing to do uh, a tour. We were the headlines, Clash, The Damned, and Johnny Funders and the Heartbreakers. We're rehearsing at this place in Kilburn. A limousine pulls up. You're going down to the Today Show. Queen can't make it. We were label mates. We're like, all right. So we all get in the limo. We go down to the... There's two channels on TV at this point. Yeah. Thames Television and BBC. I believe so. This is a big show. It's six o'clock. Everyone watches it. They're eating their bangers of mash and drinking tea. Everyone watches this. Everyone. We go in there. We get put in a green room. I start downing a couple of bottles of Blue Nun because I'm getting nervous again because I'm not going to be on TV. Shitty white wine. The worst, but it it tasted good. Yeah. It was sweet. Um, we, We seemed like we were in the green room forever okay time to go we go marching out <laughs> Susie in the band Susie's with us she's a fan that Bromley contingent yeah so they're standing with a few other fans behind the band we're sitting down he starts asking the questions he's got no interest in in us at all yeah he, he immediately don't like us he, he wanted Queen to be there he did yeah and uh, he probably didn't even want Queen there he, he was such an old fart yeah. you know one of them old farts yeah and he immediately uh, took a, a disliking to us. And so he's trying to provoke us. He was asking, what did we do with the money? Blah, 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 blah. And finally, uh, started swearing. And and he was, he said something to Susie. She said, I've always wanted to meet you, Bill Grundy. She goes, oh, okay. Then we'll meet after the show then, yes? Being like all them blokes were. Yeah. Were probably fucking all kind of young birds. Yeah. You know, and uh, I let him have it. I called him a dirty fucker, a dirty bastard. He goes, carry on, carry on. I said, what a fuck? And I had no one, as far as I know, had any idea this this shit was going out live. But it did. <laughs> and that's when it all changed. That next day, it went from getting a few fans, being in the enemy, the Melody Maker music magazines, yeah. to front page, every front page, till till the day we kind of broke up. But that was the end of it too. That kind of was the beginning of the end. So, so it goes out. I, can you see this on YouTube? I imagine. Oh you yeah, can. yeah. 
So looks so pretty, it looks pretty tame now, but right. at the time it was a big deal. No one ever swore on TV. Sure. So now you you've launched. We're 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 there. We've we've hit the big time. And punk rock becomes a thing. Becomes the thing. It's all go. Uh, so kid, did you do the show with the Heartbreakers and everybody? We did, but a lot of the shows got cancelled because of that. Because the publicity, you know, we were these we were these devils. Yeah. A lot of these places where we were going to play, people would protest. Oh the, really? The council would come out in droves. We're not having them playing in our city. So out of, the, out of about the 12, I don't even remember how many shows there was originally. We did about three. Yeah. And were you doing dope yet? Uh, no, I experimented once, but I wasn't into it at this point. Yeah. But I was around the Heartbreakers guys, and man, they made, they made up for me not doing it, I'll tell you that. All right, so how does it change? So you, you, all those shows get canceled. Now you're at war with uh, city councils, with the proper people of, of Britain. There's a, you know, there's a, a war going on between punk rock and and the 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 normal people yeah and and what's malcolm doing now well malcolm shit himself the night of the bill grundy show yeah shit himself until he saw the papers the next day then he's like what well, look let me show you what i invented you know he took try to take credit for it all for everything for that yeah yeah for everything oh he always does you know he always does is he, he still alive no he died a few, recently yeah. a few years back but um you know i always have a soft spot for malcolm even though he didn't really take care of business as far as any money that we made but i still yeah. i still i still like him but uh he, and he was a big part of, of the sex pistols regardless what anyone says yeah but he wasn't everything. We wasn't a boy band with him pulling the strings by any means. No, it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like you guys were kicking at it and doing the work. Yeah. And going out. So how do you how do you sustain yourself if you know you're getting all this uh resistance? How do you get gigs? How does it start to happen? Well, a part of that whole thing of being banned everywhere it was yeah. all, all part of the the mystique and, and you know, you couldn't buy that bloody publicity we were getting. Yeah. But for me, I just want the most Best time for me, yeah, in the Sex Pistols realm was doing Nevermind the Bollocks. Yeah, was recording Nevermind the Bollocks. That yeah. was the happiest for me. It wasn't the shows or all the rest of it. So that that was what I was really into. And then after the Grundy thing, after Glenn gets the boot, after Sid gets in the band who couldn't play, everything's kind of shifting. But when did you when did you record? That was who played on that? I played all the bass. You played all the bass. Pretty Your much. guitar sounds great on that record. It's weird you go you know you listen to you know, I got you're a Les Paul guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great sound and you know when you go back I remember when it came out cuz it was 70 what was it 5 75 76 77 Was it 77? 77 I think the album came out. Cuz I remember when it came to the states because I was like 13, yeah. 14 years old. Yeah. And it wasn't my bag, but I bought it immediately and yeah. I had it. And I you know, I listened to it and I couldn't wrap my brain around it when I was at that age. But later I played it and I'm like, you know, this isn't crazy. This is just rock and roll music. Just rock and roll. Because, <laughs> you know, like, you know when, you, when the whole press of the pistols and, and, you know, the way he sings in particular, but the root of it, it's just fucking rock. Yeah. It's not like crazy. No. So you go in there and you record that and you do the bass because Matlock's out? Matlock's already gone. Matlock played on Anarchy. Yeah. Because he was still in the band when we did the single. Yeah. But after we did that single and he got the boot. Why did he get the boot? Uh, circumstances. He didn't look the part. He was a bit clean. Yeah. His mum didn't like 
the song Anarchy in the UK. It was it was a combination of things. He's still around though, right? He's still around. Friends? He, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. He's suing us right now. Really? Uh, I think so. <laughs> For what? You know, once more. Oh, uh, yeah. From that record. It, 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 some people, though, you, no matter what you give them, they'll always want more. Man, but how much is there at this point? Nothing. <laughs> we did one bleeding album. There's nothing. It's weird how that happens later. It's like, you know, like people are like, they get a grudge turns into like, well, I got nothing. Yeah. I want some of that back. Yeah. So, okay, so recording was fun. I love the recording process. We got a good producer, Chris Thomas, and Bill Price, the engineer. Chris Thomas did a lot of records. I wanted him in the band because he did early Roxy Music records. And uh, he was like a proper producer. Yeah. A lot of punk bands back in the day would get all kinds of clowns to produce them. Right. Like we did originally. We had our sound, uh, our sound guy for live shows started out with him. Yeah. And he just, he lost it. He just smoked so much weed and all of a sudden he's, he, he lost it. Some people ain't meant for success. Yeah. And his ego went out of control. So we attempted doing Anarchy with him originally and he just, we, he made us play the tr backing track like a hundred times and it was never enough. It was never right. It was perfect the second time. And he kept going. He was just out of his mind. You're gone. Yeah. We went in there, a proper studio, second cut. Okay, that's done. Come in here. Let's do some overdubs, John. Let's do some vocals. Let's do some bits and bobs. It was it was done in like you know a few days. Fantastic. Anarchy. Yeah, yeah. Then Matlock goes. Uh, Sid joins the band. Sid's, Sid's in hospital when we're doing a record, a godsend, because he wanted to play on it. Why was he in the hospital? He had like jaundice or something at the time. How'd you meet that guy? He was friends with John. Yeah. Another one who used to go in the shop. Yeah. He was around. He used to come to the early shows. Yeah. Was he a, uh, what kind of guy was he? I liked Sid. Yeah. I, I thought he was a, a good, good lad. You know? Yeah. Um, he was a, he was a classic um, uh, juvenile delinquent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But not, not crazy. He, you know, he was, he was going to all the Bowie stuff. He had his hair like Bowie. Yeah. When he was 14, 15. He was a lot, he was younger. He was 19. And when I was like 22, he was 19, so he's younger. But he didn't play any an instrument? No. No. Got slung in the deep end. I had to kind of tell him where to put his fingers, which is the last thing I wanted to be doing. And the, and the reason you took him on was because he looked good. He looked good, and I think John liked him because he was his buddy. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, John's got a buddy because it was always me and Cookie. Yeah. And we'd always fuck off after we rehearsed or did shows. Right. And I think John resented that. He didn't have his buddy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He didn't want to hang out with Matlock. So that kind of was good. And they both looked fantastic on stage. Yeah. They really did. Yeah. They looked apart. I got pushed back. You know, I got I got put in the shadows, which I kind of got a resentment against. Yeah. You know. But, um... So after the record's out, where do you tour? When do you come to the States for the first time? Uh, not long after that. I think we did a couple of shows with Sid. I don't know, 10, something... Just 10 shows with Sid after the record's out I believe live. so, not much. And how's, how's performing live? Are you guys tight? No. <laughs> he can't fucking play. You know, he was, he, in his respect, he was trying to play. He had his bass up here. Yeah. Like where your normal right. bass, play, something where if you're going to play bass, yeah. have it up a bit higher if you're learning, you know? Yeah. And he attempted it. 
um, he attempted it and it lasted a little bit but when we came to the States it just all fell apart he had the bass down low thought it was a guitar he would he would like strum it thinking it no the <laughs> bass has to keep pumping yeah to make it work yeah so it was just this was another element in my head that I went in my head like this is getting worse and worse and worse and worse when you get to the States yeah when's everybody start getting doped up well, Sid's already doing that. Yeah, with that bird, Nancy. Yeah, he in, was the only he was the only one doing smack in England. Yeah. Okay. He he, he showed up one one uh, at one show at a sound check with a. I mean, like, who's this? Who's yeah. this bird? Yeah, yeah. She was in Britain. She was there. Yeah. Oh yeah, She'd hanging come out over. Yeah. She was looking for a rock star. Yeah. Trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So she got him. Got him hooked. He was the sucker. Yeah. Yeah. So well, when, she she got him hooked. She got him in with the smack thing. I yeah. Think. And when do you get it involved? After the pistols broke up. Oh, really? Yeah. You come here. How many dates you do? You do New York. You go across country. I remember seeing magazine articles. You guys did. You did a little tour, right? Yeah, but we did weird places. Right. Like Texas and Tulsa. Yeah. Not the normal places. Why is that? It was a, it was a stunt oh. from, from McLaren. Oh yeah. Which rightly so. It was a good one. Not doing all the normal gigs that every other rock and roll band came over so are you, are you getting hated everywhere yeah by cowboys and uh it was a circus no, yeah no one was really coming to see anything yeah it was a circus it was out of control at this point really really like really how out so? of control how so well when we landed in new york yeah we were greeted by like 50 people some vietnam vets who was meant to be looking after us High Times magazine, yeah, this magazine, that magazine, New York Times, yeah, blah blah blah, and they were all looking for the exclusive, you know. Uh, one time uh, when we were on the road, I don't know where it was, but High Times convinced Sid to come into a hotel room and film him shooting up, you know, and they almost got it if it wasn't through one of these vet guys who, who crashed in the door and and uh, and smashed up the camera. Really? Yeah. See, we, we, we were on thin ice anyway. Yeah. I think Warner Brothers had to guarantee that there'd be no problems because we got turned down originally, originally with uh, my visa and I think Cookie had a criminal record. They didn't want us in the States. Yeah. But I think they had to get a guarantee from uh, Warner Brothers. So you, you left EMI? EMI was over before we went to America. We went to A&M, which lasted a week. And they... they Kicked us off, and then we ended up with a uh, with a uh, Virgin, yeah, Richard Branson, yeah. So the whole thing was a clusterfuck disaster, yeah. That tour, yeah. And you go back to Britain, and what happened? I didn't go back to Britain. You stayed here. We broke up in San Francisco. I said, "I'm fucking done." We were meant to go to Brazil <laughs> after <laughs> that. Would have killed you. <laughs> yeah and we were meant to go there and yeah. ronnie biggs the great train ro robber was yeah. gonna open up with us tell poetry yeah so i said i've had enough cookie came with me and malcolm came with me we went to to brazil and uh was uh continuing to do the rock and roll swindle movie that was in production that was kind of in production yeah John didn't want nothing to do with it. Why? Because he didn't like the concept of it. What was the concept? It, the concept of it was to make Malcolm McLaren look like he invented everything. 
So I, then John and Glenn, I mean, John and Malcolm always butted heads. Yeah. Always butted heads. But I was more closer to M- Malcolm. So that decision was was easier for me. And it sounded like a good idea to go to Brazil. Yeah. Just me and Cookie without the other two. And they have fun? Did you have fun? I had a great time. I was there for like two months doing real blow. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you remember? Real blow, man. <laughs> this was like 78. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> and you're shooting a movie? Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was like a real shoestring budget. Yeah. But it was fun. I don't remember ever seeing the whole movie. Yeah, it's it's a mishmash. It don't make no sense. It's kind of culty. I remember seeing, well, you know, Sid's My Way is on that, right? It's in that, right? Yeah. Then I go back to England. Yeah. And, then, and that's when it hit me. And, and we're still filming some of the rock and roll swindle. It, it was over a few months. That's, yeah. That's when I started getting into dope. <sighs> that's when I started getting into dope. That's when it started getting very dark and horrible i sold everything um I, you know i'm not you were broke broke not a businessman yeah you know i just wanted to escape escape through dope that was it no music i couldn't care less we formed the band somewhere in there the professionals yeah. me and cookie was Co- he strung out too no cookie was a sensible one yeah um so we did that we wrote a bunch of songs but my, my my heart weren't in it my heart was just into getting high yeah music anything else was secondary we went on the road um a couple of times across the states yeah but it was just one big one big mess yeah not not as ma- i liked it because i liked the guys in the band yeah but my head was just not in the right place because you're strung out yeah and you're like going like on tour and trying to find dope and doing that whole thing? That whole thing. Drunk all the time. Blow. Oh, God. Grim. And how, how long did that go on for? A couple of years. So like when did you like stay stateside? Well, when I, when I went to that hotel, our last night at the Uruguay Hotel, yeah. I said, I'll see you later. Yeah. And I didn't go back to England for 12 years. I sold my passport. Found. Uh, you sold your passport? Yeah, not for much. <laughs> can, you can do that? I guess so. <laughs> I did. <laughs> to a guy that looked like you? Or how does that work? No, I just sold it as a fan. You yeah. know? Oh, a fan. Okay, I get it. <laughs> now it makes sense. Yeah. To whoever, you know. I didn't, I just, I, I didn't want to never go back. That's why I sold it. So when do you do the first solo album? Oh, that's when, when I got sober. In, so, uh, so, you st- so you didn't stay with the dope the whole time? Or... Uh, I mean, like, once you, once you got here... You weren't doing nothing? The first year I did dope uh, in New York City. I stayed in New York for a year. Formed this other, but this other band came about, Checkered Past. Yeah. With Michael DeBars, Tony Sales, Hunt, uh, Tony Sales, Clem Burke, and Nigel Harrison from Blondie. No Hunt? No Hunt. I like Hunt. He's a great drummer. He's great. And he's funny. So that band starts in New York. We did some, uh, this is like around 82, 83. We did a showcase at Peppermint Lounge in New York. I'm a mess, but I heard money yeah. from this showcase. This is when there was money around. Yeah, We did it. Everyone liked the show. Oh, let's start a band. Okay, it's based in LA. So we kind of all drifted out to LA. I was a mess. I went to some private doctor who gave me this methadone thing. Yeah. I got off it, but then I was still drinking and doing blow and yeah. all the rest of it. But you got off dope. 
I got off the dope yeah. for a bit. Um, this band got a deal with EMI. I started living with Michael DeBars um, and his wife Pamela DeBars. Yeah. Um, the band did a record, did a few shows, uh, folded. I got back into dope here uh, in in at LA. That yeah. shitty black tar dope. Uh, the balloons, yeah, mm. downtown. Yeah. This went on, and until um, I, I run into a lady. I was homeless at this point. What I, year are we looking at? 83, 84. Yeah. I'd fucked everyone over. Yeah. I was couch surfing. Um, and I ran into a lady on um, Sunset Boulevard where the guitar center is. There used to be one of my uh, places that I go, 12-step program. Yeah. And she said, look, um, she, she'd gotten straight. She said, if you sleep on, you can sleep on my couch, but you have to go to the meetings. And I said, okay. Yeah. And I did that and got, 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 uh, sober didn't get it at this point 83 this yeah this went on for about another six years before the coin, in and out in and out before the coin actually dropped really yeah what did you get a year here six months here what all that yeah plus when i when i you know i hadn't had sex in like six years i don't know if you've ever done dope but no you're, you're not sexual driven it just yeah. stops yeah you know you don't even m masturbate yeah so after six years i'm getting sober I'm off the dope. I'm a, I'm an animal, you know. <laughs> yeah. And all I want to do is to get laid. Yeah. And I go to my meetings and I'm steaming into everyone. My addiction went from there to, to, that. to sex. Yeah. And I never really got the step thing. Yeah. At this point, I yeah. just wanted attention from chicks. I was working out. I was getting all in shape. I remember you were kind of ripped. I was ripped. I looked like Fabio. Yeah. With the, the long, long hair. Curly hair. Long metal guy. Flowing hair. But that was the best time. I actually did a record that was kind of a metal record. Yeah. Just to get laid. That was the uh, the Mercy record? The, the next one. Fire oh. and Gasoline. <laughs> when I really went for it. Yeah. And I always wondered what that transition was. I didn't know how you got from the pistols to there, but now I know. It, it was, was for pussy. It was basically for pussy, but it was also me getting straight for the first time. And, and wanting nothing to do with punk. Yeah. Were you hanging out at the Roxy and shit? The Rainbow. The Rainbow, yeah, the Rainbow. Rainbow yeah, and yeah. the Roxy. Rainbow had the good uh, Italian food, right? I don't know. Everyone yeah. says it's the best chicken soup. I, I, I think that's... I don't know. I'll tell you, my, my, date, my date is October 28th, 1990. That's when, that's when it all turned around. I started making dough at this point. I had my own place that I was renting up in the hills. From music you were making, Brad? Yeah, from the two solo albums, yeah. working with Iggy Pop, uh, Did you love Andy Iggy? Taylor. Yeah. Made a lot of money from that. With who? Andy Taylor? The bass, uh, the guitar player from Duran Duran. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was, doing, I was doing okay. What'd you do with Iggy? I wrote uh, four, three songs on Blah Blah Blah. Oh, good. That was a good, big record. Yeah. Uh, I, I was really bummed that I couldn't play on it, but they, they did it in Switzerland and I wasn't didn't have me papers yeah and all i was really bummed i would love to have done that with, with yeah yeah with david bowie producing yeah yeah and then the second album an album called instinct yeah did that in new york with bill laswell and i played all the guitar and that again co-wrote three or four songs oh really so you had a real relationship with uh james yeah yeah it was great he's great i relapse again on dope yeah uh take some bird prisoner we're shooting dope with one big horse needle. The only time I go out is to get a uh, Caesar salad and ice cream. And this went on for about two weeks. 
and everyone knows me in the room. No, no. Anyone who works, uh, ma- manager, friends, when I go missing, yeah, they know I'm getting loaded, right? Because I'm one of them. I don't make. I don't go around people making out I'm sober when I'm high. Yeah, I disappear, so they knew. And uh, I was gonna. I was convincing myself on one of the, on one of these that I was gonna get sober again. I was gonna medic self medicate myself with some painkillers, yeah. and quaaludes, yeah, and go back to the meetings, and no one would know. Right. That lasted about ten minutes. And I, and I and I said, "Fucking holy fuck, I'm done," you know. Yeah. It was a moment when you made that plan, and you realized I it was a moment. Yeah. And I surrendered. I, I absolutely surrendered. And now I know that feeling of like, that was my bottom. That was it. Yeah. Because after that, I just turned it all around. I got involved. My got a sponsor. He said. Yeah. He said, "Jump." I said, "How high?" It was all. I mean, I was still fucking chicks yeah but i was doing i was doing the business yeah in, in the rooms as yeah. well you know working the shit yeah yeah and, and that and that was it and, and here i am 26 years later surviving and you look well you look relatively healthy yeah i gotta uh i gotta um food is the is the last frontier <laughs> you know and diabetes you got the diabetes i do mm. but i'm i'm turning it around i've been i've been dieting for not dieting but watching what i'm eating for the last two months and now, like, what what happens, like, after all this time? Because, you know, what? how did your relationship with Leiden hold up? Oh, we don't have a relationship. You don't at all? No, he lives in this, he lives, you know, not far. He lives down in Venice. Yeah. And there was no relationship. That just didn't, that ended badly and that was it? Uh, well, we, you know, the last time I think I saw him was in 2008. The same time when I, I saw my real dad. We did 30 shows in Europe, Russia, Japan. 30, Who uh, was the lineup? It was you and Leiden and Cook and, and the original bass player, Matlock. Matlock yeah. Really? Yeah. Every any time we've done reunions, it's been the original four. And is, are they good? Do you do? Do you like them? Do, do I you like, like the tour? I mean, is it, do you guys play well together? Still? Uh, it it has been good. There's moments. Yeah. But by the end of it, I just want to kill myself. <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's a shame. Yeah. Because we should be uh, should be over all that shit. All that stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, some of us can't let go of resentments. Yeah. You have? Some of us can't <laughs> let go of resentments. <laughs> hey, you know, it's uh, it's progress, not uh, yeah. perfection. If we were getting Rolling Stones money, yeah. we'd be doing it. Right. But at the end of the day, a, yeah. a, a way up, was that worth it Yeah, for my, my well-being? And it, and it ain't. Yeah. And you do this great radio show. Yeah. Is that every day? Five days a week. You love it? You came on there. I did. We played some messy guitar. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun, man. And do you, and, and people love that show. It's a, it's hard to have a, a, a mainstream terrestrial radio show that people still love. I don't think there's many. No? I get to play what I want, say what I want, have who I want on. And it, it's great. Yeah. Do you, because, uh, you know, I think, basically terrestrial radio i think a lot of people just want to hear some noise in the background but yeah. but there is a percentage of true music fans who love music yeah who, 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 who gravitate to my show because they know they're going to get some good shit an eclectic mix you and rollins rollins does a, a a show on npr where he plays shit yeah yeah 
it's good, you know, because you know it's a you know you hear new stuff or you hear shit you haven't heard in a while, but it's like it's driven by your personality and your yeah. taste. Who are your bands now? Who do you play a lot on the show? Like, well, what do you go back to? I play new stuff. There's some new bands that I like playing. Yeah. That's another thing I get the opportunity yeah. to do, play some new bands. But I go deep. I play Jeff Rotol. Yeah. You know, I play some prog. Yeah. I play free. Yeah, oh, free. Yeah, sure. You know, deep cuts. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Roxy Music, sure. Bowie. Yeah. New York Dolls, which is insane for KLOS. Yeah. But I've been doing it for so long, it's almost like normal now. Yeah. People expect it. You have, uh, do you do a lot of interviews on your show? I know I came on. Do you yeah. have people on? Yeah, loads. Yeah. Did you ever meet Bowie and talk to him? Um, yeah. I actually, uh, I did. I met him a couple of times. Did you make an amends for the thief? I met, made amends over the phone, I believe. You did? But I had the, I had the um, original did. drummer came on my show six months ago with Tony Visconti. The producer, yeah. They were doing this Holy Holy uh, tour. Uh-huh. It was that one album that that, uh, he, uh, that, that um, Visconti produced. I don't know. They were going A around. Bowie record. It was a Bowie record. Uh, I can't... Oh, I don't know why it was called Holy Holy. I'm just having a blank moment. But anyway, the drummer came on, and I owed him an amends for the cymbals that I stole off him. That, at the Hammersmith? At the Hammersmith Odeon. Did he remember? Well, I, I said, now I'm thinking, now I'm looking at him, I'm thinking, do I, should I do this live or say off air? Yeah. He, how's he going to react? Yeah. And I thought, fuck it, I'll just do it, wait till we're on the air. And I said, I said, um, Woody, I owe you amends. He, yeah. he said, you do? He said, you are, yeah, I said, I stole your symbols from Hammersmith Odeon. He goes, oh, really? Uh, I said, yes. I don't know if he was he knew I don't know how he could not know yeah when your symbols disappear yeah you have to replace them yeah someone must have told him yeah you know your symbols are gone and so I said um what can I do to make it right he didn't remember though he said he didn't yeah uh he said uh, I said let me give you some money he said, how much you want he said give me 100 bucks I said here's 200 bucks and he took the 200 bucks he was over the moon <laughs> And I was glad I, I felt, you know, I felt good making amends. It's a load off. And then he put that in his book. He did? He had a book that came out two weeks later. He must have rushed that one thing in there and put it in the book. And then I went and saw him at the gig at the Wilton that night. He's a fantastic drummer, man. Yeah. Woody Woodmansey kicks ass. He played with Bowie on, on what? Which ones? Um, he must have been with him a long time. Ziggy, Ziggy. Stardust, Aladdin Sane. Wow, uh, he, he, man, that that guy is better than ever. I just got that Bowie at the BBC box. Yeah, holy shit. Yeah, to hear that band stripped down. Yeah, no tricks. No, all tricks. those bands through all those years. They're Fucking. like they're like one of them bands like Free. Yeah, where they're all putting their twenty five cents in. That there's no weak link. Yeah, that that's what that's what Ziggy. Uh, that's what the Spiders from Mars were like. Great bass player. Yeah. Um, the drummer and, and Mick Ronson of course who's my man yeah he's my number one he's a Gibson guy he's my man he's still around no he died of cancer oh. but he, he 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 not only was a great guitar player he was classically trained so like on Transformer Lou Reed oh, yeah. all that stuff that's him and that's all that's him on, on the Bowie records all, all that stuff yeah weird cool changes yeah and yeah and he's, he's a great he's a great uh, guitar player was he a good guy? Fantastic guy, sweetheart. Yeah, that that was his problem. 
Yeah. No one knew who he was because he was so sweet. Uh, he, he didn't stand up for himself. Mm. You know. All right, man. Well, it's great talking to you, buddy. When's this going to be up? Not too long. Do you play music? No. I play. So I noodle around on the guitar after sometimes by you myself. Have, you don't have to pay for that. I don't have to pay for it. And like, I just got in the habit of it. We had we have a theme song, but like now that I've been noodling, my producer is cutting that up and uses it in between things. Now. Yeah. Just me on these. See, they send me a, so I get some earthquake or sends me these pedals. Yeah. So I fuck around on a guitar or two. You're getting some free shit. I get free shit. That means you're doing all right. That's the best thing about it. Yeah. The free shit. Yeah. I Records. Just, I'm just, pedals. I just, I'm just getting a mountain bike for nothing. Really? Yeah. It's time. Like a motorcycle or a pedal bike? No, a pedal. Good. Well, I'm saying you were trying to get in shape. It's a good one, too. T- carbon fiber. Are you going to use it? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's what. Take the bike I got sitting out there when I had a big idea. Yeah. It's like a solo flex. Remember them things? Yeah, I gotta get one of those. I fucking had one. All it did was collect dust, and I'd fuck chicks on it. <laughs> you got a little exercise. Yeah, five minutes worth. Thanks, Steve. All right, buddy. All right, people. That was uh, the lovely Steve Jones. Hope you enjoyed that. Don't forget go to wtfpod.com slash tour for my tour dates. Or just go there and do it for the podcast, get on the mailing list, buy a poster, do what you have to do. I'm going to enjoy my last couple days in Hawaii now, okay? Boomer lives! <laughs>